Is business just business or is business personal? It's your boy Mason, the host of the Lunch Break Podcast. Let's get it. In honor of Kobe Bryant, each episode will be around 24 minutes. And each guest you can expect to be from different industries and careers. But the main focus is business is business or is business is personal. Let's get into this episode. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yes, pleasure to have you. So, Darcy, um, you know, part of the culture of the Lunch Break podcast, you know, we talk about lunch, we talk about brunch and things. What do you like to eat for for, for brunch? At the moment, I go through a phase. If you asked me about a month ago, I would have said, like, I full-on love to binge on croissants and, like, pan chocolates and cinnamon rolls. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I've actually had a bit of a change and decided that I need to eat a bit cleaner because, you know, summer's on its way. Um, so at the moment, I'm having bowls of strawberry yogurt, granola, almonds, raisins, like bananas, grapes and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for me, um, especially because I'm, I'm in New York, I know you're in the UK. For me, um, I love like um, either I get French toast with whatever, whether it's eggs and something on the side. And I always got to have a mimosa. I don't know if mimosas uh, are popular in uh, the yeah, UK, yeah. but I got to have me a mimosa. And then, or I might do something with like a burger and the burger has uh, egg over easy on it. Um, I always like stuff like that. Um, and there's so many options like at different restaurants and stuff like that. So like I have a soft spot for brunch. I feel like you guys do brunch a lot better than we do in the UK. <laughs> I feel like the U.S. go a lot bigger on things and better. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, you and I, we kind of met over Clubhouse. When you're on Clubhouse, do you ever be, like, eating and listening in a room? Or, like, when you're on Clubhouse, you just, like, focus, locked in? If I have, um, if I have like, the urge to want to put my hand up and go on the stage, I will make sure I'm, like, fully focused um but if I know that I'm just going to kind of sit in the audience and just observe then I'll I'll be like still watching tv and still eating still drinking like just carrying on but listening at the same time yeah yeah <laughs> yeah sometimes it depends on the time of day like most of the time yeah. I'm not like the morning time honestly I'm not on clubhouse in the morning I'm usually working or doing something um I might tune into certain rooms around 1 p.m um but if I hop on, it's usually the evening time. So sometimes I might eat, sometimes I might not. Um, or I might snack on something. But uh, but yeah, so like with the UK, right? So let's say some let's say I come to the UK or someone visits the UK. Are there specific landmarks they should check out? Are there specific restaurants you enjoy or that's are that are popular? Um, like if someone go to New York City, you know, there's certain things that like oh you know touristy that people do what what is that in the UK okay so this I feel like there's two different routes you can go down here so you can either do like traditional tourists like go to London do the London Eye Big Ben all of that jazz in London or you can kind of travel a bit more up north to somewhere we call um, the Lake District so that's basically loads of massive hills um, that if you like walking and stuff you can go and hike on it's got beautiful um, country landscapes there's loads of like small family-run hotels there and then you've got like the traditional English pub that you probably find in that village where the Lake Districts are and stuff um, 
but I feel like if you come to the UK from the US, I feel like you need enough time to do it all. So I reckon like if you did a month here and say if you did like two weeks down south and did all the city like Birmingham, Manchester, London, did all that. And then the other two weeks you spend going around the country, like going to Cornwall, there's beautiful beaches and everything. So I feel like you need to do it that way and do the full English experience. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Appreciate those tips. Okay, so now let's kick into the beauty industry um, and things you do. So what was your journey into like working in salon and becoming like a cosmetologist and stuff like that? Like, how did you get into it? So when I was 15, what you do in the UK when you're in high school, you have uh, two weeks allocated for work experience. So you get like a taster session with a mm. company that you can approach and ask for just some voluntary experience, basically. Um, and in that week, they basically show you what they do, train you up a little bit, give you some work to do, and you kind of get like a taster for the outside career world. Um, so I did one week in, uh, what was it, graphic design in an office, um, which is something that I really wanted to do because I'm quite creative naturally. And I thought that was the path that I was going to go down. Um, and then the other chance was just by having a salon local near to me that had um, recently set up that was quite stylish. And I thought, oh, I kind of like the look of that, but I don't know if I want to be a hairdresser. Um, so I did the first week in the, no, I did the first week in the salon and I absolutely fell in love with it. Like everyone was there so bubbly. We had such a great laugh. Um, it was hilarious. I got on with the clients really well. I thought, you know, I think this is what I want to do when I'm older. And by the second day, I'd had um, an apprenticeship offer, which is like a um, internship um, by the second day off the owner of the salon. So I immediately said yes. So I started while I was still at school, just working on a Saturday, just earning like a bit of pocket money, sweeping the floors, making drinks, cleaning and little bits like that. Um, and then the week after I went to the uh, graphic design office and I absolutely hated it nobody talked in the office it was so quiet everyone wow. was nice to me but there was no atmosphere it was so different from where I'd been the week before where everyone was so bubbly and like her life it was completely like two different worlds so that really set the scene for me that I definitely knew I didn't want to work in an office environment um, so from that I went when left, left school when I was 16 I did all my exams and everything like that um, and then I went to work in the salon full time. I did my training for two years and then I became a fully qualified stylist. Um, and yeah, that's basically how I got into the journey of it, really. That's awesome. Because like we have something similar in the States, but it's customized to New York because I don't know about other cities. But um, there's different um, programs where someone could be in high school and in their junior and senior year, they could do whether it's BOCES it's called or some other type of apprenticeship thing they could learn mechanic or certain trades or construction and different things it's limited it's not like I don't know if um I don't know if cosmetology or barbering school is one of them it might be um but yeah that's pretty dope that's pretty dope that you you um pursued that and that's like your passion and what you're doing now um and I know for me like um I enjoy like getting my hair cut. I enjoy staying fresh and stuff like that. And one of the things I was thinking about as you were talking was like, okay, um, when 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 it's when people hear cosmetology, they may assume, oh, a woman like if a woman is a cosmetologist, oh she you know 
she does people hair, she might also know makeup, she might also do the eyelashes and you know the eyebrows, all those things. Um, and they may assume, oh, she doesn't know how to cut men hair or things of that nature. So explain, like, explain to people like what is the basics of cosmetology and what kind of cosmetologists are there? So when you go to college in the UK, so hairdressing college and everything like that, um, generally we have a separate like hair and beauty. So you can learn both at one time, but I've always chosen the hair route. Um, and within that, you kind of have a level two, which is the um, basics, which is, of course, you have to complete if you want to work in the salon. And then there's an option to get your level three where everything's included, like barbering, more advanced skills and different bits like that. Um, we have in the UK, so there is hairdressers and there is barbers and there's also hair salons that have men and women's, um, that are able to do men and women's hair. Um, where I work, I do both. So I enjoy doing men's and women's. Um, I taught myself mainly to do men's. Um, I had a, a girl in the salon that was really helpful to me as well. But most of my, I, I was taught in the salon the basics, but most of my skills were I've pushed myself slightly more I've kind of learned off the back of watching YouTube videos and Instagram videos and just different little bits like that um we have in the UK so like proper barbers like old-fashioned barbers with the hot towel the wet shaves the uh cutthroat razors and everything like that we do have those um and then we have just like the hairdresser barber vibes so there's, there's quite a few different variants to it really um, but I, I love doing men's hair as much as I do women's. I know a lot of people in the hair industry doing men's hair, it really scares them and they don't like to learn. And if anyone's listening that is wanting to learn men's hair, <laughs> I just say do it. Like, honestly, I absolutely love doing it because it's a break from I do probably like 70 percent women, 30 percent men. So when I have a, a, a gent booked in with me it's like a nice break because I'm not staring at the back of a woman's head like I'm getting my opportunity to use my clippers and think about things differently so it's slightly more challenging in that way which excites me more I appreciate you sharing that because that gives me a broader perspective and it also gives the audience a broader perspective um and things of that nature so um another thing that popped in my head too because when it comes to beauty and hair um it could be so easy, like super easy to get overly comfortable nowadays because, you know, you can't go out like that, right? Like yeah. every every country has its own restrictions. Like, I don't know if it's stricter in the UK compared to New York, but um, there are a lot of restrictions and things. Um, it could be very tempting to, you know, not dress up as much. Um, I know for me, when COVID first came, I think it took me three to four months to feel comfortable going to a barbershop. But that was more, I felt afraid because I didn't want to get sick. I'm like, you know, I'm staying home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm quarantined. I'm physical distancing. I'm social distancing. I probably get my haircut every other week, every two weeks. In your opinion, why should people still dress for success, even though they could get away with just bumming it out or being overly comfortable, being in pajamas all the time, 24-7, seven days a week. Um, what's your what's your opinion? Okay, so yeah, I completely understand. Like when we first locked down in the UK um back in March of last year, I had like the first week off because I think in everyone's heads we were thinking, right, this is gonna be like three weeks and we go back to normal. So I was like, 
holiday from work. I'm going to full on like <laughs> take this as an advantage. Um, so like the first week I was like, right, the weather's getting warmer, you know, makes me slightly lazier. I am literally just going to sit in bed, watch Netflix and sit in my pajamas. I'll eat what I want. I'll wake up when I want. You know, this is going to be great because I'm so tired from work. This is like the break I need. And then that novelty really wore off after a week. And I was like, right, this seems to be getting a bit more serious now. So then they were like, right, you're going to get locked in for three months over summer. And I was like, okay, maybe I can't bum out for three months. I think that's a big stream because I'll just become a slob and I don't want to be that. So I kind of went down um, investing more time into like my social media to promote my hair because that was the only way of like, then I've achieved something over that three months. I didn't want to just achieve nothing. And every day I remember I still got up at eight o'clock. I still got dressed. I still put on a full face of makeup. I still did my hair because I remember catching myself in the mirror one day in like sweatshirt, tracksuit bottoms, messy bun, no makeup. And I was like, <laughs> I literally look homeless. I was like, that's not me. <laughs> and like you say, like the clues in the name with like, like dress for success if you want success you're gonna have to work for it it won't just come to you sitting in your pajamas watching Netflix all day so you know whatever you put out into the universe is what you're gonna get into return isn't it really so if yeah. you, I think if you think about it like that then that speaks a bit a strong message yeah so like uh, I totally agree with you because it's kind of like um like for me even though you know, my hair was growing long and they said that there, I tried, you know, I try to dress up. Um, not that I'll wear a suit or anything, but, um, you know, I'll wear jewelry. I'll wear, you know, nice clothes and stuff yeah. like that. I learned how to, one of the things I did learn was I learned how to trim my own mustache because before I would just always let my barber do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then once, like, I was tempted to try to cut my own hair. I was very tempted. I was like, nah, I don't oh, want to no. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. But I did like try to learn how to like at least shape up my edge up just a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. even then, sometimes I get nervous about that. So yeah. um, I definitely want to learn like at least little touch up, little touch ups, and maybe I can ask my barber little different things that I could do um, if she's you know if she's not cut my hair. Because I like, and I will say, full disclosure, because I want to give women credit with credit to do. Um, so I've gotten my hair cut by maybe 10 different barbers through my whole life from kid to now, right? And I will say that um, the top three, so the best barber I've ever had, his name is Juan Carlos. He's a Spanish guy, and he was awesome. Another reason he was awesome was because he gave me free food. I mean, you can't compete with that. He was like, yo, he's like, Mason, he's like, you want a pot de lijo? You want this, you want that? And it's like, he just, he's mad cool. Like, um, you know, he kind of felt like a brother to me. But um, but then second and third, both are women. The other barbers, it's not that they were bad barbers. It just kind of like, I don't know. Some of them didn't talk that much or they would be overly distracted. They'll be answering phone calls and text messages while they cut my hair. And I'm oh. like, like, bro, what are yeah, you doing? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Or maybe they got too comfortable. They've been cutting hair for 20 years, so they don't really care that much. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, yeah. Women, women know how to cut hair. Like my my last two barbers have been women, and they've been they've been awesome. Like they know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I totally agree that like dressing for success, taking care of your body, taking care of your the, the beauty and things. Uh, I definitely feel like that's important. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. One of the things I was thinking about too was like, um, there's people who do a lot of videos, mm. like whether they're a podcaster or social media influencer, TikToker. Do you feel like men and women? Do you think it's better to be natural or wear makeup, like for oh, content? hundred percent natural. Why is that? I think. I think especially with the way things are going at the moment, I see so many young people try and put on this persona of who they're not and try and get people to invest in a character that they're playing when in real life they look so different. And I think obviously that that we could go on for hours about uh, (laughs) social media and how it's going this way, but I think it can be quite toxic in that way because, you know, I mean, I know so many young girls who um, I find it quite sad because they plaster makeup on. They have, you know, false eyelashes, false nails, false hair, try and fit into like the tiniest dresses. And to be honest, I think if you stick to what I mean, if that's what you want to do, 100 percent like you do you kind of thing. But I think if they want to get noticed and if they're on social media to potentially pursue a career in something, I feel like a lot of employers now look at social media and it's so easy to find people on there and look at old pictures and and create this deception of someone that you already have that you may have never even met before. So I feel like to stand out in today's world, I'd feel um, like natural is the way to go. Because, you know, being yourself is so much more, it's worth more than putting on a persona and trying to be someone you're not, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I have just a tiny bit of different opinion. Now, I agree with not looking like somebody you're not. Yeah. Totally. So honestly, I've been a little tempted. I've never done this, but I've been a little tempted to, because you know, okay, in the acting industry, mm they wear, they have makeup on because when you're on camera, it covers up the blemishes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially if somebody got a little acne or this other very kind of. So I have been tempted to have, because I used to want to be an actor when I was younger. Like, like I'm very curious about that. Yeah. And men wear, the the men that are actors wear makeup. I didn't know that. Like at first, I didn't know that. Yeah. When I found that out, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. So I've been tempted. I'm like, yo, what if I did one episode or a video, create a video, and I had somebody do like, whether it's, I don't know that much about it, but, but I think there's like light makeup and they do like yeah. light makeup and see how I look on camera and see if there's a difference. There's a huge difference. Yeah. Like before you and after I mean? kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like before That's and cool. after type of thing. Um, You know. Uh, and see if not that see if people could tell, but it's kind of like, yo, if it enhances my beauty or it makes me look more or whatever, cool. So I do feel like men and women, mostly women, but men could do it too. If there's yeah. like, n- like 
uh, light makeup to cover blemishes if they want to. I feel like yeah. that's okay. I don't know what you think about that. But oh, I do yeah. agree. I do agree, like, oh, full face and it's like, you know, all these nails and all these, like, no, 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 no. But I, 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 if, if you want to do that and that's what you like, then 100% go for it. But I feel like some some people do it for other people to benefit and please them rather than themselves. I think as long as you're being yourself and doing it for yourself rather than these other people, then you can do whatever you want, you know? All right, totally. So this is a plug. This is um, something I'll say to, to, to those listening, like whether it's, you know, your fashion style on video or the amount of makeup you wear, just be you authentically yeah. you uh you know happiness is number one like do what makes you happy not because you're trying to please other people but do it because you want to be happy that's that's what i'll say to, to the to the community that's what i'll say to the culture um okay so now part of the lunch rate podcast culture is you know a lot of a lot of different situations there's different business styles some people feel business is just business they say, yo, yo, don't take this personal. This is just business, right? And there's more maybe a cutthroat approach. Um, but then some people feel like business is personal and there's more humanization to it. What's your thoughts on that? Do you feel business is just business or do you feel business is personal? I mean, that is a hard answer, isn't it? Because you can interpret that in many ways. I suppose it depends on the situation. Because right. it might be a good excuse to say, oh, it's nothing personal, like this is business, to cover something up, potentially. I mean, I feel like business is slightly personal. Obviously, there's like a percentage of it that is obviously going to be business, but I do feel like there's a, a hun- yeah, like there's a definitely a chunk of it that's got to be personal in there somewhere. What's your you, percentage? Suppose, is it 50-50? Like, is it 60-40? Is it 70-30? Hmm, I'd probably say 60-40 in favor of business so like 60 percent business 40 percent personal i'd say okay so 60 percent business so like what are the kind of things that are personal what would you categorize as personal i i mean say if you're hiring someone for a job you're going to want to personally like them ideally you're not going to want to hire someone that you don't like like if someone's <laughs> really bad vibes in an interview but they've got the best cv saying like they've been to the top university and had all these great experiences but you don't like them as a person you're going to want to have that like attachment to them instantly if that makes sense because you're not going to hire someone you don't like even Correct. though they might be good at right 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 Okay, now give an example of something that is just strictly business. I guess if, if say, if there's a point where you need to lose someone and get rid of them uh, because of budget cuts, maybe, um, and you're pushed to a point where you have to choose someone and say if that person isn't performing well. I suppose if you're in a situation where you need to let someone go in your company, maybe, because you can't afford to pay their salary anymore, maybe. Um, so say, obviously, that person, I mean, usually would be the one that's performing the least uh, and the one that's not benefiting the company as much. So I guess that would be business. Whether you kind of like them or not, that's the decision you have to come to because you're not going to fire someone that's doing really well just because you don't like them. 
Yeah. If that makes sense. I mean, probably uh, someone would, I bet, but <laughs> usually. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, you're the first person on the show um, that I've asked that question to and gave a percentage. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I really like that because, like, I know instinctively that certain things are not personal. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, certain things are not personal. Um, but then certain things are. I like mm. how you gave hiring someone. You do have to like them. Very true um like for me like even when it comes to like freelancers that I hire like I gotta like them somewhat in certain cases I don't certain things I don't have to um and then there's are certain situations where it's strictly a business decision strictly a business decision um and in my head I was trying to think of a different example but your example was so perfect it's hard for me to um duplicate that now when it comes to social media marketing Mm. i will say there's certain things that i post and there has to be a personal side to it yeah i've tried like 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 there's been times where like if i only post about the company it might not have as much traction but when i post about like how much i love starbucks or mandalorian or you know, that I'm a family man or, you know what I'm saying? Like people resonate yeah. with that. Like with social media, you have to have a uh, personal component to it. 100%. Otherwise, otherwise people are not going to be attached to it. So it's kind of like business without the personal, then what is it? Like, you know? Yeah, it's just another business, isn't it? I suppose. I put the personality, it builds character for the business. I mean, I know, um, you know, when I want to buy a product, say if I'm buying um, some new shampoo and conditioner for myself, I want to not just buy any shampoo and conditioner. I want to invest in, like, say, if I know it's a small business, that's going to promote me more to buy that particular business. And then say if I go to their website and their family run and they started 50 years ago and they've been through four generations, I'll be like, add to basket because, you know, you want to support- <laughs> and like I find it interesting in that sense whereas if someone's just trying to sell me it and it's just another bottle of shampoo I'm going to be less inclined to put it in my basket and actually make a purchase yeah for sure because like um lately I've been getting different social media advice and I'll um what your advice is to, to to the community like uh so one day randomly on Clubhouse I read a poem I think like it was like a talent show room, right? It was like a talent show room where open mic and I went there and I read a poem and the people were like, oh my God, like your poem is so good, this and the third. And he's like, every time you go in a clubhouse room, you should read a poem. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> so then I was in this room and it wasn't about poetry. It wasn't about open mic. And um, I think I, you know, raised my hand, I was on stage talking. I was like, hey guys, I'm just gonna randomly read this poem. I read the poem and then people was like, oh my God. They say, you, every time you're in the room, you should read a poem. So a friend was like, in your bio, put, ask me to read a poem. And if someone asked you, just read it. So like, I've read like 20 poems in rooms and people was like, yo, you should make that part of your brand. You should make that part of your um, Instagram and this kind of third. I'm like, 
but I'm listening though. If that's what the community wants, if that's what people yeah. want from me, I'm like, why not? It has nothing yeah. to do with podcasting at all. But people like poetry. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna add that as part of my, my social media marketing strategy. So like in a couple of weeks or so, every other week, I'll probably like post about a poem I wrote and read. Um, so like for you, because I know you like social media, I know you're into social media. Um, is there any social media advice you would give to the community? Um, so just to like go back a little bit, I suppose to add personality, I think is key to make like creating interest on your page. Like, so for you, when you have the poems, the reason people, so it, it creates interest because I haven't seen anyone else with a bio saying, ask me to read a poem. And then instantly, because it's so different, people are like, oh, well, shall I ask him? Or like, what poem is he going to read? Or is this like, why is he doing this? There's so many questions that like lead off from that. And people would be like, like you say, a lot of people do like poetry and I don't know anyone else that does that. So obviously from that, that could be your like signature thing to do, which bumps your brand up more and, and can be what people know you for. And I feel like that is part of your personality. Um, so I think rather than just creating like a blank page where it's business, 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 hit buy my product, buy my product, or however you, you are marketing yourself, I feel like you 100% need to show your face if you're comfortable, like take a selfie, do a little few story videos if you're on Instagram, like make your voice heard. Um, Instagram reels are huge at the moment, get on those. Um, well, I feel like color as well, like having a theme to your page always makes it more inclined for like people to scroll down and like be interested. Like, so have a good quality photo. So like no blurry ones, no old ones, like a high resolution with a clear picture, a lot of light. Like well, it's such a, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. If someone wanted to connect with you, how would they, how would they connect with you? So I'm mainly on Instagram, TikTok or Facebook or YouTube and all of those will be under Darcy Mariah Hare. So that's Darcy with an E and then Mariah as in M-A-R-I-A. It's your boy Mason. Thank you for tuning in. If this episode made you think of someone, reach out to them and share this episode with them. And do me a favor, subscribe to the Lunch Break Media Group on Anchor, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and connect with me. Connect with me on Clubhouse and Instagram. You can find me by typing in Mason underscore the lunch. And if you on LinkedIn, look up Mason Ashad. DM me. Feel free to DM me uh, podcast ideas. If you'd like to be the guest on the podcast, DM me on Instagram. DM me, DM me on LinkedIn. Or if we're in the same Clubhouse room, just shout it out to me if we're on the same stage. All right? Can't wait to hear from you. Or you can text the phone number 585 502-8894.